Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Brandon Ward. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Today, I'm excited because I have Dr. Art Rayner joining the conversation, a conversation on pastors and their finances. Dr. Rayner serves as the Vice President of Institutional Advancement at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. He writes widely about issues related to finance, wealth, and generosity. He has authored several books and articles, including The Money Challenge, 30 Days of Discovering God's Design for You and Your Money. You're also no stranger to podcasting, hosting your own podcast, the More Than Money podcast, which I encourage all of our listeners to check out. Is it weird for you being the interviewee all of a sudden instead of being the host? No, I, I love it because it, it takes the pressure off of me. So the pressure is now on now on It's on, on me. It's, it's all on, on me. Well, brother, thank you again for joining today's discussion. So let's let's start by talking about the importance of stewarding finances. Why is it important? for pastors to care about their own personal finances? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, thank you for, for doing this podcast, for putting it on. It's actually one of my, one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, so it's an honor to, to be here, to be able to sit across the table from you and to talk about a, a topic that's very near and dear to, to my heart. So your, your question, why should pastors care about finances? Uh, certainly they should care because they're trying to take care of their family. That's an important thing to do. You want to make sure food's on the table, that the bills are, are paid, that they're doing a good job providing for, for, for their family. Uh, certainly, you want to make sure that you're leading your church well in the area of personal finances by managing your personal finances well. So how you manage your finances will encourage others to hopefully do the same thing, to follow God's design for, for money. But ultimately... It is, um, we are to steward our resources well because God has has commanded us to. And God right. gives us resources. He gives us financial resources to steward well, to manage well for the advancement of, of his kingdom. And so we're talking about managing personal finances. I talk about getting out of debt, talk about um, saving for, for retirement, making sure that you have a budget, all of those things, which are good and important things, but they're really just tools for us to take care of the resources that God has given us and to put us in the position where we can better leverage those for the advancement of, of his kingdom. No, that's really helpful. And, and pastors need to realize, right, that the impact they have on handling their finances well, not only impact themselves, but impact their family, uh, their children, their church members. I mean, I grew up with parents who were not the best with their money, and that had a huge impact on me. And fortunately, like I pay close attention to where our money's going and saving money, but but that's not always the case for pastors. People aren't uh, people aren't just listening to what pastors are saying; they're also watching them to see if they're living out what they're what they're teaching and preaching. Yeah, with, without without question, uh, in our own households, our children are, are watching. They hear the conversations. Uh, as we talk to our spouse about finances, uh, whether or not you know we we have to to uh, pay um, our bills or whether we can pay, pay our bills, um, all whether or not we're, we're giving, that's a conversation that we have a lot with our with our own children, right. um, especially because you 
really don't, in a lot of churches, you don't have the offering plate anymore. People are encouraged to give online, and so they don't see the, the visible act of giving as, as much. And so we're giving on- online, and so we talk about our generosity to, uh, to our local church and to, to other places. So you're always communicating something to, to somebody. And so with your finances and the way that you manage your finances, you're communicating something to your family. You're communicating something to your church. But once again, it goes back to this is something that God has commanded us to do. He's given us these resources to steward for the advancement of his, of his kingdom. Right. So we've established the importance of stewarding personal finances. Let's talk now about how pastors can actually do this. How can they uh, steward their finances well? So what are some small steps pastors listening can do today to start this? Yeah. So the Scripture lays out a, a basic pattern for our for our financial management. It's just a three-step process. You give generously, then you save wisely, and then you live appropriately. So as you look at what Scripture tells us about our finances, there's over 2,000 verses about money, stewardship, possessions. Once again, we find that we are to first give generously. That's our priority. Then we are to save wisely. Then we are to live appropriately. Managing our resources, what's left, uh, to take care of our family, but also to steward well once again for the advancement of his his kingdom. One of the other things that the pastors could do, and a lot might actually do this, we actually started doing this recently, is budgeting. Oh, so, man. You're, you're going right into that. I'm trying, man. We're just going to jump right into it. So what tips do you have for pastors listening right now who want to start budgeting? Because it it can be really difficult to get a budgeting plan, not only to get one. It's one thing to get one, but then to actually like keep up with it and make sure you're sticking to it and being disciplined with it. I mean, so what what steps would you would you say could be helpful for pastors that are either doing it but right. struggling or that want to begin to actually start budgeting? Yeah, let's let's be real. Most are not doing it. Um, so let's right. just let's just be real about about that. You most went there. Are, most are not not doing that. But I, I would back it up even further. Let's look at the why. Why is it important to, to budget? What is a budget? Most of the time when you talk about budgets, people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about that. It seems so boring. Look, right. a budget is a blueprint for mission. So there are things that you want to accomplish in your finances, goals that you want to go after, things that you feel like God is calling you to do, to use your resources for specific purposes. A budget is just simply a tool to help you get there. Mm-hmm. It, it helps you make sure that your funds are going to those things that you prioritize. So is it is it generosity? Is it um, maybe doing having f- different family experiences, vacations, think, things like that? Um, obviously, making sure that your bills are paid, your food, the food is on the table. Those are very, very important and essential things. It allows you to make sure that those things that those things happen. It's a blueprint for mission. So it's not just about um, making sure we don't overspend, that's important to it. But it's also making sure that you're getting your funds to those things that you deem to be most important in, in, in your life. That's really helpful. So what are some common financial mistakes pastors make, and how can they avoid some of these mistakes? Yeah, I wish I could say that that the mistakes that pastors make are significantly different than what you would find elsewhere. I've actually found something, found it to be true that most pastors or many pastors are struggling with the same things that their congregation is struggling with. They're struggling with with debt. They're struggling with a mortgage that's uh, that's just too much. They they took out a too big of a too big of a loan. 
So many of the struggles that pastors are facing are the same ones that you find in the in the in the congregation. Their their financial margin is razor thin. There's a recent statistic that that came out that said that 64 percent of Americans right now are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. And many pastors could certainly relate to to that. Sometimes it's just simply because the the salary is on the on the lower end. Sometimes it's because of their their own doing, financial decisions that they that they have that they've made. If I were to pick on pick one specific struggle that's unique to pastors, I would say oftentimes they don't take advantage of their housing allowance nearly as much as they as they should. Maybe they are not sure what they spend uh, for their, their their home and so the amount that they either suggest to the to the church is not as high as it should be or maybe they don't keep track of the amount that they actually spend and so they miss out on a on a tax advantage that they that they could take care of and so just not not taking out enough of a of a housing allowance. Now, how would they go about calculating that to avoid that mistake? Yeah, it's it's important to to remember that you are to take the lesser of of these three. So your housing allowance is the lesser of these three. It's the amount that you actually spend on on your home. It is the amount the church um, designates for for you or your fair rental value. Now, your fair rental value, a good rule of thumb for that, because that's one of the more vague um, numbers that's out there, is you just take 1% of the the value of your home. Now, we're talking about furnishings, everything, and then multiply that by, by 12, and that would give you your fair rental value. Or you could go to a realtor and say, hey, what would this home actually rent for? All furnishings, everything in, included, utilities, everything. Um, so it is the the lesser of those of those three. How to determine it? Go back and look at not just your mortgage, not just your insurance, not just your utilities, but even the the smaller things, um, the furnishings that you that you that you purchased, the amount of cleaning, the amount that you spent on cleaning supplies. All right. of those pieces, add them up together, and see how much you truly spent on your home. That will give you an accurate view of your 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 number there. Any other dangers that you see pastors making? Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the housing allowance, but let's let's talk about retirement a little bit. Yeah. Do you feel like that's an area that pastors sometimes neglect? Is thinking, yeah. you know, far into the future of when they retire? I have, I'll have pastors that will um, send me whether it's on Twitter or uh, through through an email, or they'll, they'll say. I never, I never plan to retire, so I don't need to worry about setting aside money for for, for retirement. Uh, they they want to die in the, in the in the pulpit, and while that is a noble idea, right. the reality is that might not be up to them. Uh, the church may have something to say about that. Uh, their family may have something to say about that. Their, their own health, health. Yeah. may, their may own have health something, may to, have say, something say to say about that. And so what the Bible teaches us about setting aside money for the future, whether it's for an emergency fund or for, for retirement— is that savings, one thing, is a wise thing to do. That's something that we should do. Saving for future expenses is a wise thing to do, that we are to take advantage of times of abundance. Now, when I say times of abundance, basically I mean those moments where we have a salary, those moments we have income coming in, so that we we can prepare for those times of scarcity when we don't have income coming in. So certainly could be in the near future, maybe you, know, you lose your job, so you need a, a, an emergency fund, but also in the far future for retirement. There's going to come a time when you're not, it doesn't mean that you're not in ministry, 
It just means that you're not receiving ministerial income. And so you need to prepare for those times because if not, it's likely going to be your family. It's likely going to be your children that have to end up taking care of you. So certainly set aside money for for retirement. I recommend setting aside at least 15% of your gross income into a 403B or some type of retirement fund. Okay. Just in case we have pastors listening right now that heard 403B <laughs> and have no idea what you're talking about, can you spend just a second yeah, kind of explaining yeah, what that is? Yeah. So most are, many are familiar with a 401k. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a company's retirement account. So a 403B is a nonprofit's equivalent to a 401k. Okay. So they're very, very similar. So if you work for a church, you're not going to have a 401k because the IRS has designated that code for a for-profit company. A 403B is, is for a nonprofit. Okay. That's super helpful. Is there a website that, that pastors can go to just to learn more about retirement? Are any resources that you would recommend for retirement? Obviously, your website would yeah. have some resources available for pastors. So Guidestone, actually, so Guidestone.com, I believe, .org, maybe? Um, I, yes. To, <laughs> yes, there you go. Uh, actually provides some some really good okay. resources on on how to deal with, with retirement if you are a minister. So you've covered this a little bit. Let's talk about what the end goal of being financially healthy is. I know that you mentioned giving and making sure that you have funds set aside because life happens. Yeah. Your car is going to break down. Yeah. Your health is going to probably take some twists and turns at some point, and it's just wise to have that. But what is the ultimate end goal of being healthy with question. your money? Yeah, I love this question because most of the time when we're talking about finances and financial health, it seems like getting out of debt is yeah. the end goal. It seems like paying off your mortgage is the end goal. If you've paid off your mortgage, you have arrived. We often say that those good things, they're, they're good things to do, are the are the ultimate goal? I, I look at uh, the parable of the of the talents to to guide us on uh, to, with answering this 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 question. So, what we see, of course, is that the master gave the, the servants a certain number of talents. Two of the uh, of the servants doubled their talents. One did did not. He just kept it uh, to to himself or buried it, and returned that which was was given to to him. Those that were celebrated, those two servants, once again, they had doubled their uh, what the master had had given him. So, master left. He comes back. He he left them a certain amount. He comes back. It had it had doubled. Well, what had what had actually take, taken place there? Well, his 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 wealth had grown, right? Mm-hmm. His kingdom had had advanced. And so they leveraged those resources in a way that they were able to show, hey, here's what I did. Here's how I advanced your kingdom. Here's how I grew your wealth while you were, while you were gone. And so in a similar way, God gives us resources not to, not to just keep to ourselves, not just to manage and make sure that we give back exactly what we have been given. Oftentimes, people, when, pe- when people talk about stewardship or when they hear stewardship, they think, oh, this is just boring. This is just 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 keeping everything as it is, not messing up, not going into debt, not taking any risk. I I look at the uh, at this parable and see actually a lot of risk that had that had to take place in order to double your money. You're going to have to take risk, right? If if you understand how finances work, that just doesn't that didn't just happen magically. You're going to have to take risk, and so you're managing your your finances well 
But at the same time, you're looking at them saying, okay, how can I leverage this in a way? How can I use these funds in a way to bring more people to, to, to Christ? Mm. And, and so the problem with debt is that it hinders your ability to do that. The problem with not having an emergency fund is it will put yourself in a position to where you may have to hold on to your money a little bit, little bit tighter if an emergency hits. The problem with not saving for retirement is that you're going to get to a point, maybe in the last quarter of, of your life, where finances are tight, and you're not going to be able to, to leverage them in a way that you would, you would desire. And so we do all of these things, all, make all these wise financial decisions for the sake of advancing God's kingdom, finding ways to use these resources to tell more people about Christ. No, that's really helpful. The end goal isn't necessarily for the end, right? Uh, right. It is for the end in some ways, but right. it's also something it's an that eternal you're actively end. doing. Right, yes. right. Ah, love that. So we, we talked a little about debt and how debt can cause some hindrances to that end goal. Is it wrong to accumulate debt, or is it kind of just ignorant to think that you can avoid it because we live in a day of credit cards, mortgages, all of those things? So is it wrong? Is it avoidable? So you you, you hit on two extremes there that you also that you often find people um, camping on. So you have one extreme where you'll find people say, it's just wrong. They'll, right. they'll, they won't say it's a sin, but if you talk to them, it's almost yeah, yeah. treated right, like a right, sin, right? right. Yeah. But then you have you have others that act like debt is this wonderful thing and that you almost need to get more and to be able to experience financial health and wealth, you need to leverage debt. Obviously, don't uh, land in either of those those two camps. I just look at what the what the Bible says about about debt. Number one, it says that we are to be cautious if we if we go in go into debt. That's Proverbs twenty two twenty six through twenty seven that we're to be cautious about about going into to debt. If you do go into debt, the Bible says that it's going to be a burden, that this is going to be a weight that you feel. And for those of us that have had debt before or maybe have debt currently, we experience it. We, we know it is a, a burden. We may want to use something. We may want to use that money that's in our account for another purpose, but we're obligated to pay that, that, that debt bill. We're a slave to the, to, the, to the lender. We have to pay that. It's a burden uh, that, we, that we experience. There's very few people that I meet that say, man, I'm just glad I have so much, so much debt. No, it causes stress, anxiety, all these things. It's a, it's a, it's a burden. And then finally, the Scripture says that if you go into debt, you have to pay it back. Yeah, it doesn't you, just you're magically obligated disappear. To, yeah, yeah, you're obligated to, to yeah. pay it back. And right. so going back to that very first lesson that the Bible teaches us is that you need to be cautious about going in, into debt. So is it a sin in and of itself? No, the Bible doesn't, doesn't teach that. Now— can it be the result of a, of a sin? Yeah, yeah. It, it can be. It can be the result of an idol that's in your heart. Maybe possessions is, a, is, a, is an idol, maybe you know, materialism. So it can be the result of a, of a sin, but in and of itself, is it, is it a sin? The Scripture just doesn't teach us that. Yeah, and you just need to be cautious with that because it can leak and, and, and push itself into other aspects of your life. I mean, issues in marriage, right. a lot of those can stem from finances and no, not question. stewarding those well. And so just being really cautious about that. Now, I want to be clear. I, I want people to get out of debt. That's, yes. I want to be right. very clear. Right. I want people to get out of debt and avoid it. But I would not classify it as a as a sin. Once again, it can be the result of a sin, yeah. but it's not necessarily Because there are situations where you're going to have to do it at some point. I mean, not many people have two hundred, three hundred thousand right. dollars $300,000 exactly. lying around to buy a house yes, in, exactly. in one single payment. So, uh, But just being wise with it for sure. So 
let's just say there's a pastor listening to this, this podcast right now who is in debt and is looking to get out. What are some things that, that he could do today that would just make that process go smoother and quicker? Yeah, I'm going hit to on, hit on two things here. So one, I would encourage them to create a net worth statement. Now, let me explain what that is r- real quick. A net worth statement uh, has was, is where you place all of your assets, those things that you own on maybe one side of the paper, and then all of your liabilities, which you owe on the other side. And then your net worth is equal to your assets, what you own, minus your liabilities, what you owe. So an asset can be anything that, that has value. So it could be your home, it could be your car, it could be jewelry, um, it certainly can be um, cash, retirement, all of those pieces, what you own. Liability, once again, what you owe. So it's going to be your credit card debt, your student loan debt, your, your mortgage, all of those, all of those pieces. Um, those are your liabilities. And then your net worth is the difference between your assets and your and your and your liabilities. So I would encourage a pastor to to look at that. It is an amazing, amazing tool that doesn't get talked about enough. I was having a conversation with a pastor. Uh, this was two weeks ago, and he actually was pretty down about his finances because he was comparing himself to to another one of his one of his friends who was not a a pastor. And and I, as I started to hear him talk about his finances, I said, "Hold on, just a second. Have you ever?" considered your, have you ever looked at your net worth? He said, no. And so I had him sit down and map out to create, create a net worth statement. Well, for him, he was actually pleasantly surprised. And he was, he was actually doing really well. His net worth was, was great. And so he's actually better than he realized. Now, he was very conservative with his finances, made all the right decisions, the things that I encourage others to do, he did that. And so he was very, very well off. At the same time, I met with another couple. This was about uh, about a month ago. And from the outside looking in, you would think that they were incredibly well off. Mm. I had them do a, a net worth statement, and they were insolvent, meaning that they did not have enough assets to cover their liabilities. In fact, they were about negative $200,000 um, in the in the, in the, they're two thousand dollars in the hole. Mm. So um, it's it's a great tool to see where you really are, and then what impact your um, your debt actually has on your total financial picture. So I would encourage them to do that. As far as it, as it relates to paying off debt, I really like. You'll hear Dave Ramsey talk, talk about it. You'll hear others talk about it. I really like what's called the snowball method, and the reason why I like it is because. It has been scientifically proven to be the most effective method for for paying off for paying off debt. If you're not familiar with it, here's how it works: you list all of your of your debts in order from smallest balance to largest balance, and then you target that first smallest balance. You try to pay off that thing. Now, you're making sure you're making you're making all the minimum payments on all the other debts. So you're not Yeah, <laughs> you're, right, right, right. right. Everything's going to going to you're not you're not you going can't past put the full due on, aim on, the, on one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you're targeting targeting that smallest debt. You're knocking that thing out. After you knock that out, you then move to the next one. And then to the next one, to the next one. And so as money starts to free up, you start to get to put more and more and more towards those next largest balances and that process has been shown to be the most effective uh, method for for paying off debt, in large part because you get those early wins and you get motivated. Uh, you you start to begin to feel like you can actually do this. 
And so I would encourage a pastor to, to follow just just that, that mm. method there. That's really helpful. So we talked a little bit about some resources. Obviously, Guidestone, we were talking about retirement. What are some other really good resources that you would recommend for pastors and their families to use, not only to teach themselves about finances, but maybe even their kids about how to handle their finances as well? Yeah, great question. And I could, I could list off a number of wonderful resources that, that, are, that are out there. Some of the ones that I've uh, that that I've produced, you have the, the money challenge, uh, as you mentioned before, and I would I I would encourage that. I believe in that. I believe yeah. in that that uh, what's in the content that's in that book. You even have so, one for for, for, mar- for for married couples as well. So I have the money challenge. I have the marriage challenge. Right. And then I also have the money challenge for teens. And so you have those three books, and then I also have a series for kids called the Secret Slide Money Club series that you can that you can uh, have your kids read, and that was a really fun series to to do. Outside of those books, I love Paul David Tripp's Redeeming Money. Mm. Now that book is not going to give you a lot of practical tips, but it certainly gets down to the to the heart, um, and I have loved loved that that book. Another one that has meant a lot to me and helped me understand finances and um, and what um, what those who are financially healthy do and do well is the Millionaire Next Door, and it's an older book, but um, the the study is still relevant uh, today. So it looks it takes a look at millionaires and who they really are and what they really do, and you'll find that most millionaires. Um, aren't who you think they are. Hmm. They don't drive what you think they drive. They don't live in the type of house that you think that they live in. So a millionaire is defined as somebody with a net worth. We've talked about net worth of $1 million or more. And those with a net worth of $1 million or more, they often, once again, don't look like what you think that they look like. Those that do look like what you would typically consider to be a millionaire often are actually not millionaires. And so I, I would highly encourage that book, for pastors, uh, specifically as you're working through your, your taxes, um, I like um, Worth's Income Tax Guide for Ministers. Now, that, that one you're actually going to have to go to their website. It's wealthfinancial.com to get. Um, it is a jewel. I'm just letting you know. That's it. Many people are not familiar with that, that particular resource, but it is a phenomenal, phenomenal resource. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, it's wealthfinancial.com. You go there. They put out an annual tax guide for, for ministers. Man, there's a lot of just a lot of great knowledge in that uh, in that publication. Mm. That's super helpful. So you know this because you're 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 here at Southeastern. Our mission at the Center for Preaching Pastoral Leadership is to equip and encourage pastors. Let's focus a little bit on that encouragement. Any final words of encouragement that you would have for pastors right now who just who just des- desire to be good stewards of their finances? Any any final words? Yeah. So one, I meet a lot of pastors who are discouraged right right now with the, with their finances. They're looking at um, what they have and they're wondering how can they they manage this well? How can they pay their bills? Um, so number one, I just remind you that God has given you exactly what He wants to to give you, um, and and so He has given you not to steward what you don't have, but what you do have, and so steward what you do have well for the advancement of his, of His kingdom. Uh, two. If you find yourself in a, in a lot of debt or even a little bit of debt and you're just not sure how to, how to pay it off, 
go to any of those those resources that I just that I just listed out. You can do this. You you really can. I've now met with several pastors who felt like they're in just a pretty dire situation, and by just doing a few things, they realize, wow, I can I can get financially healthy. I can do this, and they start to feel better about it. They start to feel like they're taking care of their family better. Mm. They feel like they can lead their church better in, in, in this area. And so know that even if maybe if you have no financial knowledge at all, just a few steps, getting to a few of these resources, uh, you don't have to be a financial expert to be financially healthy. You mm. just need to do a few basic basic things. That's a good word. Well, that'll do it, Dr. Rayner. Thank you again for joining our conversation today. If you aren't already following Dr. Rayner on Twitter, or if you aren't subscribed to either his newsletter or podcast, change that today. Uh, doing so will expose you to some excellent resources. If you found today's conversation helpful, uh, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. Doing so both encourages us and helps others discover the podcast. As always, it is our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors, and I hope our conversation has done that today.